0: Hello, my name is John Brink and this is On the Brink, a podcast from Prince George, British Columbia. Beautiful Prince George, British Columbia. It's a beautiful fall day, cooling off a little bit, (laughs) snow not too much yet. And we are downtown Prince George together with our special guest, uh, a fellow by the name of Todd Dorothy and Todd is a good friend I've known him for many many years yeah. but he's also the member of parliament yes Todd welcome to
1: the guest it's great to be here uh, I, you know I've obviously watched the other other shows I was waiting for the call and uh, I'm <laughs> glad I'm on now so <laughs> excellent
0: now glad to have you and tell us a little bit about your
1: background Uh, great. uh so um, um, 25 years in aviation previous to uh, putting my my name in the hat for uh, to become an elected official. Um, I always say that I fell uh, backwards into aviation. Never ever dreamt that that was going to be my career. Um, prior to that, um, or and along at the same time. So, we, so where were you were born? Uh, so I was. Oh, we want to go away, all the yeah, way back. All the way back. So, all the way back. So I was born in Ashcroft. Ascroft.
0: Um and in Ascroft, for we have a lot of people yeah. internationally watching us. That is in the southern southern interior Sorry. where we move into the coast. How far north of Vancouver?
1: Ah, uh, so it is about um, about two and a half hours north of Vancouver in, in the Rockies, right, right
0: around Cache Creek. Cache Creek in yeah. the Rockies, more or less, right?
1: Um, in the southern in the, in the. In the Fraser Canyon.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Very beautiful area. Gorgeous area, farmland. And, and and so you grew up there, and then
1: I grew up in in I, I kind of grew up all over. I, I had a, a a fairly dysfunctional um, upbringing, um, and uh, went to well over uh, twenty elementary schools. Uh, spent a lot of time in the interior, whether it was Ashcroft, Merritt, uh, Princeton, here in Prince George. Um, I, I really call Williams Lake my hometown because right. I spent the most time there. Right. Yeah. And then you got your education there. Yeah, so I got my education there, graduated from there, um, and then went south to Kamloops to go to school. Okay. Um, and uh, and then went into social work. I worked with at-risk uh, youth and young adults on the street, crisis and suicide prevention. Okay. Um, and in Kamloops and. Uh, Kamloops and in the interior as well. Okay. And then I worked also uh, in um, cross cultural communities and First Nations communities. Okay. Um, back when, um, you know, you were asked to come into communities to talk about suicide. Yeah. Um, but they really didn't want you to talk about suicide. They didn't want you to mention the word suicide. Right. And. Um, you know, uh, I always say this is, uh, you know, we have to talk about it. We can't be afraid to talk about it. Um, but it was, it was challenging times. We also, a friend of mine and I had a business at that time. Um, and, um, he, uh, asked me, uh, along about the same time, he goes, I I need you to be my wingman this weekend. And I said, well, what do you mean? Be your your wingman? He goes, I, I need you to volunteer at uh, a Kamloops air show and okay. it because there was a girl I liked. Okay. And, uh, uh I kind of fell into aviation th- that way. And then we kind of spread our business into Kelowna. I had retail stores in Kelowna as well, two fitness stores as well. So my okay. wife managed the fitness stores. Okay. Um, and I did everything from, um, uh, working uh, airline, we had our business. Um, I turned wrenches on the assembly line for Western Star trucks. Um, in my lifetime, I have um, my very first job was shoveling poop at uh, the stockyards in yeah. uh, in Williams Lake, um,
0: yeah. and uh, in, in uh, Williams Lake, very much a. Uh, uh, horse and and farming and
1: all of that type of that's my background yeah we're forestry and farming family yeah so we um and i also logged for a while as well too i yeah i drove skitter and bucked as well too yeah yeah
0: yeah you
1: you've done it all i have done it all they i uh i uh, i say there's not too many people in parliament that can honestly say that they have um uh eaten wonder bread sandwiches white white bread sandwiches with uh, chainsaw gear, gear oil under their under their nails. And I'm
0: sure none. None. <laughs> none. <laughs> Nearly none. Yeah. So then you ended up in Prince George because right. I know you've been here already in quite a number of years.
1: Yeah, I so um, I spent some time here. Our family, actually, uh, my mom and my stepfather, uh, we left here in 1980 to Williams Lake. But Kelly and I, my wife and I, I moved back up here in 99. I was with a company, small little airline company called WestJet. Yeah. I was one of the original. That
0: is the very beginning virtually yeah. of WestJet.
1: 94 is when I, I joined them. Yeah. And um, and in 99, I was asked if I would bring WestJet up to uh, Prince George. Yeah. And um, I came up to Prince George. I actually gave them every reason why I was not gonna move up here. The number one reason. Where were you then WestJet? I, I was in Richmond. Yeah. Richmond. So you went down the coast. Down the coast, I was uh, helping manage the uh, the base there at at, at Vancouver Airport. So yeah, it's one of the largest bases. And, exactly. And uh, I was asked to bring up bring the brand up here. And I gave him every excuse. Number one excuse was um, the, the proximity to my mother-in-law, which was in Williams Lake, which yeah. was really just a bargaining uh, tool because I love my mother-in-law. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, they said, "No worries, just come up for six months. That's yeah. all you got to do." Yeah, um, you and set it
0: up, and you're back to the, where you were exactly, or
1: wherever I want to go. Yeah, and um, uh, we got up here, and we quickly fell in love with the place. Yeah, uh, I re, refilled. Is, is Kelly also from? from yes, her family is. Um, she's really the one that you should be interviewing. Uh, her <laughs> her family is. Uh, her great great grandfather was set up by the the uh, gold commission. Okay to be the judge the lawman the hangman in, in Williams Lake William wow. William pinchback wow and so uh, where the uh, stampede grounds are now that was his original homestead and so her family is from there plus uh, her, um, her she's uh, First Nations as well right. um, others from the uh, Williams Lake First Nation side and her dad's from the Estela First Nation which is a so Sil- side so yeah and then and I believe you have four children, yeah, so i I always say I married my high school sweetheart. She just didn't know she was my high school sweetheart uh kelly's um Kelly's older than I am, and uh, she would ride the back of the bus with all the cool kids, and I was at the front of the bus with all the nerdy kids and and um yeah, years later we found her, found each other as as fate has it we have we have his hers, and ours. we were both married at a very young age, yeah, um but we've been together uh, over thirty years now,
0: yeah. Yeah. And then uh, you know, I know some of your kids. I know Casey yeah. for one, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. because he uh, works at the airlines. Yeah, and uh, uh, and she became a parent yeah. recently.
1: Casey has uh, our very first grandchild, um, baby Ren, who turns one in jeez, um, just about a week actually now yeah. on the thirtieth. It's yeah, pretty amazing. I, I didn't, yeah. I had no idea. Um, had no idea that your your heart could swell, yeah, uh, as much as it does. And I, you know, I will never uh, live it down that I broke the news to the world, really, that my daughter's water was breaking as I was standing up to do a question in yeah. Parliament. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but, <laughs> right then and there. <laughs> right then and there. Um, but I was, and I was so nervous too. I was, I couldn't even get the question out. And the the minister that I was asking the question had to. Had to prompt me. He goes she said from the it was, opposite yeah, side. That's right. yeah. She says "It's probably about a suicide hotline." I said, "That's exactly what it was." Yeah, yeah, but it's amazing.
0: Yeah, no, it is. It's a life changer. It, no question about that. It really is. And then, you know, so you've had quite a history in uh, with the airlines and with the whole structure around the airlines mm. and airports and all of that kind of stuff. Right. So tell me more about that uh, you were with WestJet and Prince George right? and then from there on in you went into management of the airport as well right so so tell me a little bit more so about when that.
1: I am um, I, I come from you know I, I had um, both the airline side of it I had front of the house and as well as back of the house so uh, experience with our with our company um, where we did um, you know, we, uh, uh, you know, if a charter airline came in like Allegro Airlines or Roots Airlines or, um, you know, some of the U.S. carriers would come in, uh, we would bid on those contracts to be able to do the baggage handling as well as the, the customer service on the front end.
0: At the airport?
1: Uh, in, in, down in Kelowna. In and Kelowna. In okay. Kelowna. Yeah. And so we did that and then I moved over to, to WestJet um, and then came up here and I met, you um, a gentleman who you know as well too, Steve Hoag, uh, who, who was the airport manager at the time, yeah. and uh, really just uh, really fell in love with this guy um, as who he was and what he brought to uh, our community. He understood um, aviation. Uh, he understood what it took to um, be a much like you. Uh, to be part of a community, if you're running an organization in a, in a community, yeah. you should truly be part of that community. Exactly. And and this is what Steve was, um, and uh, he had come to me and said, you know, uh, if you'd ever wanted to, um, you know, expand uh, your wings, you'd be great in the airport world. And so, uh, at that time, it was a Transport Canada airport. So yeah. he he brought me over to. Uh, and
0: relatively get, small right? very
1: it was just uh, we were the you know we were just a um, uh, a tiny tier three airport really yeah. or a tier two airport just uh, with shuttle service really yeah um, and he said here's here's what we want to do here's our dream
0: yeah uh, so when was that uh,
1: and that would have been in two thousand and thousand uh, 2001 yeah so and, 21
0: years ago 20 years ago yeah Yeah. and
1: so we um we really went to work uh building the business case about the opportunities that we have here um i spent a, a lot of time on the road meeting with air carriers um and building the business case for us to transfer at that time uh the federal government was divesting themselves of all the national airports yeah there was uh 22 um, airports that were part of the NAS airports, the National Airport Systems, yes. um, and Prince George happened to be the last airport to transfer. Yeah, um, and critical to the Is trans- there a reason for that. Yeah, I think um, again, it was just one that. Um, the wisdom of the board at that time, they took their time to really, our, our, airport authority board to really invest and try to look at what we needed to do, yeah. uh, look at the past airports that had transferred Yeah. and really look at our, our key opportunities, um, as an airport and, and how we could really truly serve not only Prince George, but our region Right. You know, our catchment area is about 70% of the province. Yeah. Um, if you look at Clinton, basically north, exactly. um, we could, uh, offer direct services and we, we still feel this to this day, we could offer direct services to, uh, Europe because of our strong European connections with our Germans and our, yeah. and our, 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 Dutch connections. Um, we're equidistant to Beijing as we are to Frankfurt. Yeah. So there's a strong opportunity for us for, uh, for cargo. So. As we move forward, uh, we were Transport Canada, then we transferred to a local airport authority in 2004. Yeah. And we set forth a a very aggressive business plan to um, redevelop the airport into something that um, I'm I'm really quite proud of. Um, It, uh, you know, we took it from, you know, the bricks and mortar to... something that is world-class now i believe yeah uh, for our for our size and uh we secured uh, direct service to puerto vallarta direct service to seattle and uh, we increased some of our air service routes yeah but not only that we we built the the third longest runway in canada
0: yeah Uh, 1100 feet Uh, over
1: 1100 feet yeah Yeah. and and the opportunity for us to really market to the world that this is, a, this is an airport that could compete with Anchorage if we, if we, if we truly set our, our minds to it. Um, and, and compete with
0: Anchorage, meaning uh, look direct through. flights from Asia would have to refuel in Anchorage. Absolutely. But what you're saying is...
1: They could do it here.
0: And, and But in order to do that, they needed at least 1,100 feet runway. Right. In fueling right in d- and, and you have that we we have that now yeah
1: the other thing that um uh, precipitated the longer runway is the aircraft that were coming out the newer generation aircraft that were coming out um required longer and longer runways it was easier for stopping and easier is that on 747s the... or, right. or, 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 yeah, or the... even some of the 737s yeah that require although they have the ability to, to the use ones to they
0: categorize as heavies right
1: right yeah right Okay, um, but the, um, it's easier on the aircraft if you have a longer runway, yeah. uh, for, for the operational, even the smaller aircrafts. Exactly. Um, um, so we, um, we built the runway, um, we extended the passenger terminals and not only that, but we were the first uh, airport post 9/11 to actually um, to bring uh, CBSA or Canada Border Services yeah. agency uh, from the perimeter borders or major uh, gateways into uh um uh an interior or an inland terminal which yeah. is what our airport was yeah yeah yeah
0: fairly significant yes. because that allows it to receive direct flights either departing uh, departuring or arriving Absolutely. right yeah yeah and then uh you know the there was some controversy uh, a little while ago i didn't i don't know the exact extent of it but mm. where Uh, Some cutbacks by government uh, was uh, considering uh, reducing the uh, air traffic control from our tower, which would kind of bring it down several notches uh, and... Uh, air traffic control could then well happen from someplace else. Yeah, remote,
1: remote air traffic control, which
0: in um,
1: absolutely of- would would um, devastate any opportunity that we have here uh, for uh, the opportunities for cargo or international traffic. Not only that, that our, our airport serves is a is a, a, a you know an interior service airport for uh, firefighting. Uh, in the summers, as we know, um, are, are uh, growing fire events that we've had. Um, but medevac, um, you know, the fog issues that we have uh, in the, you know, two, three weeks in the fall, as well as two, three weeks in the in the spring. Um, and uh, without that manned control here locally, it would really take away any of the uh, opportunity for this this airport to grow as a uh, international destination for either cargo or tech stops
0: it's another part that i saw myself uh, and i'm a pilot and i'm mm. quite involved in all these kinds of things we made some Calls about it and and sent emails about it and saying you can't do that because mm. this this is critical 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 yeah. for the region as such yeah. and uh, you know and then they made a decision uh, you know a lot of other uh, parties obviously uh, also uh, you know uh, uh, voiced their concerns but if you really look at it uh, you know like uh, as a regional airport that already is serving international destinations. Add to that, uh, you know, the helicopters Mm -hmm. that we have there, uh, a number of companies operating helicopter service. Then we have the uh, fire uh, uh, contingency there during the fire service, there is a lot of, takeoffs and landings in the airport if you add it all. It's busy airspace. It it
1: really is and and you hit the nail on the head with uh, with respect to our regional transportation piece. You know for a long period of time um, we promoted the northern logistics route which is the greenest and fastest uh, rail network into the U.S. Midwest but also four days four days um, it's also the fastest Asian route, uh, marine route, into, into Asia from the port of Prince Rupert. The reason why we have um, uh, the CN's intermodal uh, transload facility that's here and the double stacking of the railway system going west, all of that was co-lo- co-located here because we're on the confluence of a high a northwest or a north south east west highway system transnational highway system railway system uh and we had the airport that had developed you know um the letter that i wrote to the minister and had i had lengthy discussions with uh Al uh, Gabra on this uh as well as the, the former minister minister garneau uh, and i said that you know well over a billion dollars of private federal and provincial Uh, infrastructure and investment had gone on in this in this area just on the intermodal opportunities that we have
0: and they rely on this and
1: they rely on this you know I I go back to the 2010 Olympics um, when and I was part of the security the the group that looked at the aviation side of security for the 2010 olympics and we had that concentric circle that ripple effect as if there was an event where would people go we had um, uh, the russian antonovs that were here that brought uh, the armored vehicles or the uh, bulletproof vehicles for the the russian and and some of our foreign dignitaries uh, that um, uh, that were attending those events during the 2010 olympics they were able to station those aircraft here, yeah. um, and if that tower uh, was to close, uh, those opportunities would definitely uh, uh, we would fail to realize those. In the and,
0: and the other part about it uh, uh, would be that once you close it, to get it back to open up yeah. again would be virtually impossible. Absolutely, yeah, you know, and right. and be a, a a major task to say the least. Yeah. You know, so that was uh, major. So the the way I always kind of look at uh, you know the region here, and uh, I've been here for a long time. I came in in '65, '56 years, and mm-hmm. I've always looked at it as uh, you know, the, with all due respect, uh, you know, but I say you know Prince George will be successful, not because of the politicians, but in spite of them, 100 percent, and because it is a natural crossroad for mm. road, for rail, for air. Yeah. And uh, at at this, uh, and then uh, you know, like, uh, but I usually always in most of my podcasts, but I have the opportunity, I remind our friends from the south that probably eighty percent of the GDP of the province of British Columbia Absolutely. is generated. In Northern British Columbia. That's right. And uh, you know, and just to kind of remind them, hi guys, we, we all love you, but we, that's the fact. <laughs> you
1: know. So. Well, I'm uh, I'm I'm pretty vocal in the house about that. As uh, I know, like that. You know, we um, you know, our uh, our southern MPs um, from other parties tend to forget that uh, you know, 65 percent of uh, of the softwood that Canada produces. Uh, comes from British Columbia, correct, and from primarily from northern British Columbia, more north central British Columbia, correct, and they 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 failed to realize that that we are the engine that actually powers this province, correct, which is uh, which is really unfortunate. Yeah, and
0: and very important to remind them of and to remember, you know, the the other part about it is that uh, I believe not only that's what it is today, but the future. Uh, I believe is uh, immense looking north mm. uh, to Northern British Columbia and uh, north of hope really yeah. uh, you know the with the resources and uh, uh, and I think we still only at the beginning of what it will be 5, 10, 15, 20 years from now uh, and I still believe that uh, uh, the city of Prince George when I came here in 1965 it was a town. yeah and uh, you know, the, the normal conversations were, uh, you know, when did you come here and when, when are you leaving, yeah. you know. Since that time, uh, and obviously you've been a part of that as well, uh, you know, the, the whole region has changed and Prince George has changed uh, as a regional center, uh, you know, with the addition of the University of right. Northern British Columbia the College of New Caledonia and and several other infrastructure pieces uh, for the reason College of New Caledonia has satellites all throughout northern British Columbia and uh, one of the things that I've been very proactive in working with the college as well as with uh, some of the major mills Mm. like Canfor is uh, at the center of excellence attached to the uh, College of New Caledonia because as the industries, industries not only the forest industry are changing, and we need more skill sets and more trained people. That is hugely a huge, huge problem right now. Uh, you know, we need to find ways in which we can have those new skill sets being yeah. trained here in Northern British Columbia, and uh, and and stimulate entrepreneurship and and develop research and development for new products for new markets. All of those things, yeah. and we need something like uh, no, no different than BCIT yes. that has all those factors involved yeah. attached to the College of New Caledonia.
1: I, I agree. I, I just um, there's a there's a local group that has been uh, plugging away quietly. Uh, there uh, that was uh, under the guise of the PG Prince George technol, uh, Technology Group. Um, and it's now Aurora links and it's, it's growing every day. It's growing. And, and what you see is, you know, we had a, a conference call yesterday and the, I, I believe there was over 40, um, uh, representatives from, uh, from Northern health, from CNC, from UNBC, from Canfor, from, uh, industry, you know, and I'll use my, my son as an example. There's another gentleman that was on this, on this call is, um, you know, my son went away to get the skill set uh, to, to go into, um, you know, game design, artificial intelligence, and what have you. Had to, had, to go, had to go away to do that. But why can't we offer those same solutions here?
0: Exactly. You know,
1: um, Northern Health was telling us that they have over 400 IT professionals yeah. uh, in their um, in their employment. But, you know, they will come up from BCIT. And then uh, Northern Health will have to spend probably in excess of 100 grand yeah. additional training only to see these people probably leave. Yeah. So it, it is always a battle for us in the north or in north central British Columbia or rural and remote communities. How do we recruit, how do we retain um, organizations that will invest, um, families that will live here, um, students that will go to school? and. And get their education here so we have to do more and so we are you know I, I was really really quite excited from where they have gone to where they are today um you know really trying to push for this a center of excellence as you as you said uh from the trade side of it but more into the technology side of it yeah, now of which that. i think just all goes yeah. hand in hand in hand and i yeah. said why can't we you know uh, aircraft maintenance engineers why can't we train it's them here
0: exactly like that you know uh,
1: more and more of our mills are all automated why can't we train that here yeah how about robotics how robotics, about ex- all of that a- absolutely yeah. you know why you know the the bio uh, the biomedicine you know uh, nuclear medicine yeah. why can't we train all of that here yeah so that our families that their children can grow they can go to school. They can get their opportunities here as well, too. Yeah. Because we know it's harder for those that come from other areas to adapt to, well, snow in the middle of November or what have yeah. you. Um, even though I still think this is the the best place to be. Right. Uh, we get more sunshine. We shouldn't say this out loud because we know that people are going to start flocking here. We probably get over 300 days of sunshine. Exactly. Um, uh, then, uh, more so than other areas. Yeah. Um, but... We know that if if our children leave, their parents are apt to leave as well too, yeah, and we've seen that in some of our some of our our communities is yeah. that we're getting that aging population and the children are going out and leaving yeah. why can't we offer that same opportunity here
0: you' you're absolutely right because we see that uh, you know the I tell the story about uh, our company uh, you know the uh, and we had uh, a month or so ago we had uh, in our boardroom we had about six different individuals sitting there kind of contemplating the strategic direction of the company every single one in that room including me having an honorary doctorate was an alumni of the university of northern Columbia. Yeah. every single one of Amazing. them and, and, and the same applies to the medical school here. Mm-hmm. How many of those doctors that uh, finish, they're ending up staying yeah. in the community because of their choice. Yeah. And I believe the same would happen with the uh, center of uh, excellence that we must have, that that will become uh, the base uh, for not only entrepreneurship but developing new ideas, new products for new markets, and for the uh, First Nations uh, community okay, as absolutely. well to help them in training uh, on skill sets mm-hmm. in entrepreneurship, and and building and, that uh,
1: capacity, that capacity here in the North. Exactly. Yeah.
0: And we want to see, uh, you know, the, uh, uh, you know, much more coming also from. Uh, you know, government and, you know, uh, provincial and then federal. And I know you are
1: one of the ones that is pushing all of this hard. Yeah, we're working hard at it. Yeah, Yeah, I'm, you know, as you are, um, you know, I take my cues from those that have walked uh, before me as well, too. I, you know, um, you're such a big champion of this, this community. And so it's hard not to be, um, motivated by the push that we get from from people like yourselves yeah
0: no and 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 that's what it is all about I, yeah. I love this area that has so immense amount of uh, uh, future mm-hmm. and uh, I see the community 20 years from now probably will be 200 thousand people in my mind
1: I hope so I, I, you no, know no question yeah about that. I really you know the the building that's going on the residential building that's going on is is quite extraordinary um, and You know, again, as we get more and more of these services and opportunities located here, there's no reason why, you know, I, you know, the, um, spirit of the North is pushing for a cardiac care unit here. We've got the, uh, cancer agency now located here. We've got a great university, great college. Yeah. Um, and center of excellence, center of excellence. And we're hoping with the, the PG technology group, um, that we can do that and, start training you know my son was just one of them there was another gentleman that's on there that you know his son spent $30,000 went to the Vancouver Film School yeah um, and then you know obviously because of COVID has come home but these are people that can work anywhere yeah and um, you know why not exactly
0: what do you see uh, you know since you spend so much time at the airport what do you see there it's likely uh, you know because this will all grow rapidly so I see an uh, airport uh, you know that uh, I don't know when they build the one that we have now probably in the 70s or so
1: well the uh, the original airport um, uh, outside of uh, what we renovated in the in the 2000s I think we started in 2004 uh, or six I think is when we originally started the renovations I think you're right it was, it was a step um, they call them the step program, um, and I think the original construction was probably sometime in the '60s or '70s. Uh, so there, it it has old bones uh, which are still good. Yeah, yeah. Um, but there are still opportunities for us to, you know, once COVID is gone and we can rebuild the uh, consumer confidence again, which I think is going to yeah. rebound quicker than we thought. Uh, we'll get those loads back up. Uh, carriers will start to uh, relook and revisit the routes. Yeah. Um, we need to, you know, that, that Prince George-Seattle route was tremendously successful yeah. um, for the short time that it was there. Um, our Prince George-Puerto Vallarta flight is, uh, was always very popular. Yeah. Um, and so we need to expand on some of these, uh, these yeah. opportunities to, to, uh, to grow. We don't have a ground bus service in our area anymore. Yeah. So, uh, airlines now need to look again, uh, go back to that model. When we were uh, first coming out with WestJet is look at that, that Greyhound passenger or that person that would traditionally take that, that yeah. bus trip. Now, how can we get them on an aircraft Yeah. Uh, on an airplane at a reasonable cost? Exactly. Um, I said this at the very beginning of COVID, this is an opportunity for us as uh, as a nation, I've said this for a long time, for us to figure out what we truly want to be when we grow up in terms of our transportation networks and the yeah. inner of our transportation networks. But in terms of our aviation, you know, you look south of the, of the border, um, a $79 fare uh, in Bellingham is a $79 fare. Yeah. That same $79 fare here, because of all the the taxes and surcharges and everything. It's $700. Yes, it's it's very
0: expensive. The mortgage, the house. Right,
1: and so I think that there's an opportunity coming out of COVID once things start to normalize again, to really get, um, you know, get aggressive and try to uh, be very super competitive on the routes. And and, uh, um, this airport, they have got a great management team right now with a really great opportunity. Um, we just have to get out of this COVID and get back to normal.
0: But do you see in cargo?
1: Well, again, I, I think, um, there is a huge opportunity there. I mean, I traveled the world and met with carriers all over. Um, I, I still think, you know, at that time when I left, EV, when I left aviation, um, there was a, there were seven, I think seven Cathay uh, pilots that were. That were based out of Prince George. Right. And they were commuting to Hong Kong and commuting on the routes. Right. There is such an opportunity here. I've seen it, I've heard it firsthand. Uh, you just need to get that critical infrastructure. If we could ever get the um the refinery across the way to uh um produce jet fuel, that would be a massive catalyst for for change. They can do it. Yeah. It's just that diesel is the high, high-value commodity that they can produce. Yeah. Um, jet fuel, they can do it, but yeah. um, they have to have certain testing equipment. Um, but if we could ever get them to just switch that, uh, flip that switch and produce jet fuel, um, and then this airport could truly go out and market um, the airport as a true uh, cargo or tech stop airport with fuel less than a mile away from the yeah. end of the runway.
0: Yeah. Those would be some of the. Yeah. Huge. Yeah. And and uh, so, uh, so the other thing that, uh, you know, the, so there you were at the airport, you mm-hmm. built your career at the airport, you were with WestJet, then Stieg Hoag, you know, the fellow that was there for a long time and I knew him well, kind of took you away from WestJet mm-hmm. and there you were the airport uh, in the, you know, you had a good career there at the airport, and then you became a politician. How did that all happen? <laughs> I,
1: I don't know. Actually, <laughs> I, I'm not quite sure. Um, you know, I was uh, I was always involved in the community. Um, I never uh, I never anticipated going into politics ever. No. Um, there was a you know every once in a while you'd have somebody say you should be mayor or. You ever thought about running this? And I just—I was always focused on on my career with aviation and and trade and doing the things that we do. Number one, I was hardly ever home. I was gone yeah. up to 280 days out of the year yeah. in promotion of our country and our region. And and um, but in in 2011, I uh, I was on the top floor of the Fairmont Dubai. I'd been working on a project for uh, Edmonton international airport and the Emirates. Um, and, uh, I was sitting there with my boss. Um, and he said, he had literally had said to me, it was my birthday as a matter of fact. And he had said, uh, you know, I, um, you're a, you're a tough negotiator. I just want you to know you're worth every penny. And you know, in my head, all I was thinking about was getting home. Yeah. Yeah. I was missing my wife. I was missing my um, my family, um, you know, my, um, my values, my value system had got all skewed to the point and I'll, I'll take it back to 2008. Um, I, 2008, I was taking, I was booked to go to, and it was literally right around the same time, my birthday time, October 7th or 8th, Um, I was booked to go and speak at a a conference in Kuala Lumpur. And so I was putting my, I went out to put my suitcases in my car. There was crime scene tape. Um, and there was a double homicide across the street from my house. And I, uh, I was saying something to the media person, um, and, uh, trying to get my son in the house. Uh, I had closed the door of the, um, of, the, of the vehicle and my wife opened the door and she'd said that her brother was found dead um, at the same time in Williams Lake. And so, my, uh, so I kissed my wife goodbye and I said I'd be back in three days because I didn't want to let somebody else down. No. So I flew to Kuala Lumpur, um, left my wife there, uh, to deal with the grief of losing her brother, um, in a suspicious death. Um, and so that really kind of started me really kind of, you know, I was, I never thought I'd get, I never thought I'd get to see the things that I got to see in aviation. I've been on the, been on the great wall more times than most people would ever get a chance to be on. I've, I, um, you know, I've, I've sat across from Royal family. Uh, I've toured this world one day I might wake up I was in Berlin the next day I might be in Abu Dhabi or or uh, Frankfurt or or Beijing or or I I was just all over the place but that just kind of stuck with me and I had been offered a a really big job with the Edmonton International Airport and you know it was like that movie you know they um, they made me an offer I couldn't refuse And so I chased the big dollars and I forgot about one thing that was probably the most important thing. And that's my family. Mm. Um, And so as I, uh, yeah. So as I sat there at the top of the floor of the, in,
0: in, in, in
1: in Dubai. Yeah. You know, I, you know, I flash forward to the, you know, um, being in, in Dubai and my boss, um, saying that I was on top of the world, uh, career wise, yeah. Yeah. I was making, uh, amazing money. I was doing what I love to do. Um, and I was really good at it. And, uh, but there was one thing that was missing and that was my, yeah my family. Yeah. And so I, um. I, uh, I was coming home for about 36 hours. I had to come home, do my, uh, my laundry, and, uh, uh, and then I had to go to Beijing or Hong Kong for a golf tournament. And uh, I had asked a friend of mine um, who was uh, working with the 2015 Canada Winter Games. He was a chair. I said, um, listen, I need to come home. And, uh, he said, well, he goes, no promises. Um, why don't you meet the the CEO? And I said, okay, well, he goes, when are you home? And I said, "Well, I fly home on Friday. I got to fly out Sunday morning, uh, to Hong Kong. And, um, he goes, well, go have coffee with Stu and, uh, and we'll see what happens. But you know, it's up to Stu, it's Stu's team. Yeah, and so I, I met with Stu, <clears throat> and um, that hour meeting went into probably four, maybe five. Yeah, and we drank way too much coffee, and uh, I remember leaving his place, and I don't know whether I was going to get the job or not. Um, but I remember yelling or phoning my wife, and the cell service being really bad. And, and I was telling her, I said, "I'm doing it. I think I'm doing it." And she's like, "What? What do you mean?" I said, "I'm, I think I'm going to leave aviation." And, uh, she said, well, what do you mean? We're building a house. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I said, yeah. listen, I, I, um, if I don't do this, um, I'm going to lose the nut, the, the thing that means the most to me. Yeah. And, uh, I said, I, I need to do this. And I said, yeah. and if it's God's will, yeah. you know, uh, I, I put my trust in God and so, so be it. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, so I um I boarded the aircraft. My heart wasn't in to that golf tournament, which if anybody knows me, I'm a terrible golfer to begin with. Yeah. Um and I got a call luckily from Stu Ballantyne and I, I joined the group with the twenty fifteen Canada winter Games and um I raised uh about twenty nine and a half million dollars. His vision for the games where it was unbelievable, it was about leaving a legacy and if anybody knows my background is, um, I was in, you know, again, I grew up in such a dysfunctional, uh, uh, upbringing that I, I was in all sports and I believe that, you know, I am who I am today because of volunteers, whether it's cadets or sports. So I always wanted to leave that, that legacy. And so I joined the, um, the 2015 can Winter games and worked through that. But somebody approached me partway through the games and said, Hey, would you consider? And um, I never thought I had a chance to do that, uh, to, to be the member of parliament. Um, but again, I, uh, I went home and had a conversation with my wife. But uh, did and
0: she say? Are you nuts?
1: Yeah, she did. And I said, if it's <laughs> again, I said... That
0: Was that 2003 or something? I no,
1: that would have been in uh, 20... Um, it would have been in 20... Fourteen, 14. Late, no, early twenty fifteen actually. Yeah, to, 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 yeah, or sorry, uh, no, it wasn't twenty fifteen because the games would have been twenty fifteen. It was in early twenty fourteen. Okay, and um, and then we just uh, I focused on doing the job that I had to do because uh, we still had a sitting MP at that time. Yeah, and we didn't know whether he was going to retire or not. And it uh, was not Oberly, was it? No, it was uh, Dick Harris.
0: Oh, Dick Harris. Yeah. yeah. Okay, and yeah.
1: then. Um, I uh, I put my name forward and, and uh, was fortunate enough to get the, the nomination and fortunate enough to, to be elected in 2015.
0: Yeah. Can you imagine that? It's crazy. <laughs> I thought, really? Yeah, it's know, crazy. You know, because you went from one thing to the other. Yeah. And then you had to be in Dubai or wherever you was. And then you realized, uh, no. I'm gonna to have to go a different direction.
1: Yeah, yeah. I always say this, John is. Um, uh, it. It was, you know, I, I, It had to be somebody's plan. Um, as you know, I, I, got elected in 2015, and when I, when I got elected, um, I already had the, the, um, the framework for a piece of legislation, um, uh, to, to make Canada the first country in the world. Um, uh, to develop uh, a framework for uh, the battle post-traumatic stress disorder as it pertains to our veterans and our first responders. But what people don't know is that it is really tough for a new member parliament to A, even get a chance to table a bill, let alone get it passed. And, um, you know, uh, in 2016, I had tabled my bill already, and we'd we'd already gone through, and it, we were working to get it passed. And um, a, a friend of mine, who was a, a local RCMP, uh, I saw him at Christmas time, and uh, you know, I you know, it was just down here at the Ramada, and and I saw him, and I said, um, uh, "Merry Christmas to you." It was literally the date, couple days before Christmas. He was with his group. Um, I said, hey, I hope you guys are all, uh, you know, have a, have a safe Christmas. And then I, I ran away, you know, it's, we're so busy, yeah. but I got about 30 steps away and I turned around I came back and I said, Hey, I don't know if you know, but I have a, a, a bill that's out there to do with PTSD. Um, and I, I, I don't know why I've known you all this time, but it takes me getting elected to say thank you for what you do. Yeah. Um, but I, I want you to have my coin and I. I handed him my coin and I just said, you know, I really appreciate you. And I said, if anybody, any of you want one of my coins, you know how to get a hold of me. And then I I went on to my thing and I, you know, I, I, the next day Kelly and I went to Hawaii and when I got back, there was voicemail messages and text messages from this member. And, and, um, so I finally phoned him and I said, you know, what's going on? He goes, why did you do it? Yeah. And I said, what do you mean? He said. Why did you do it that day? Do you remember the last time? I said, of course I remember the last time. He said, yeah. he goes, you you left, but you turned around and you came back and you gave me your coin. Why'd you do that? Yeah. I said, well, I don't know. And he, he said, something made you do that. Yeah. And he goes, I want to tell you something. He said, um, nobody knew this. Nobody would have known this. Um. But I was... I was saying goodbye to my my team, and I was going to go home yeah. and kill myself. Wolf. And he said, uh, your coin... Um, Changed it. I went, and I told my wife what I'd been battling. And that day, I went and got help. And he goes, I'm alive today because of that. And so I, I honestly... Um, You know when when you go back and you think about things you know i i shouldn't have you know i wasn't the first choice for the nomination um but i won it you know there's never a guarantee that you're ever going to get elected but i got elected um i managed to get a loan number even at when i got my loan number stephen harper said that is amazing that you got that number because you know, I, I can't remember what the number was because most members of parliament never get that opportunity to get a, to get a bill through. Yeah. And, uh, in 20, uh, 2018, we managed to get that bill passed. Yeah. And so I was the day that it received Royal assent, I'm traveling on the plane and we're delayed coming home and, uh, I get to Vancouver. And I had an event the next morning and I'm rushing to the gate and they said, we're sorry, Mr. Doherty, we can't make you on the plane. I said, listen, all I have is my bag. That's it. I said, I I have to get on. There's an event that I have to be at. I said, that's it. I can, I can make it. Like, please, just please let me on this plane. And they said, okay. So I got on the plane and uh, no sooner had we just taken off and I was kind of falling asleep that there's a thud at the front of the plane. And, uh, a gentleman had, uh, had collapsed. And so a friend of mine that was sitting next to me goes, do you know first aid? I said, yes. And so I kind of flew into action and I, I, um, I did uh, CPR on him and we saved him. So, uh, you know, I believe that there's a, uh, I believe that there's a, um, there's always that plan and, and things happen for a reason.
0: Yeah. Interesting, huh?
1: Just like you coming here with $25 yeah. and 47 cents in your pocket and look at what you've been able to do.
0: Yeah, and then the interesting part about it, uh, uh, Todd, is that the reason that I came here is because right. the Canadians liberated That's us. That's right. And I met that Canadian soldier.
1: Amazing
0: story. And, and, and then, Right then at five years old I said I'm gonna to go to Canada. I yeah. tried to go when I was seventeen yeah. and then I won when I was twenty four. And then when I came I could speak the language, didn't know soul, didn't have a job, was clean up man, blah blah blah, all that kind of stuff. And then the first Canadian that invited me for, for dinner. dinner was Jerry Wilmot. Crazy. And and Jerry Wilmot and his wife invited me and I was nervous because I couldn't quite speak the language (laughs) and I didn't want to sound like, uh, you know, that I didn't know what I was doing. And he said to me, uh, we started talking about Holland. He knew about Holland. He... uh, uh, he was part of the Canadian forces and in fact he was captured Jerry Wilmot, the captain in the schoolyard behind so our house.
1: Gave you the chocolate too, didn't he?
0: Yes. Yeah. And and gave us every morning bread with cheese and butter. Yeah. Jerry Wilmot. And you know something else? Not far from here, we are less than probably a kilometer from here is my mill, yeah. downtown Prince George. On that footprint of that mill that is sitting there the road is now called river road but it used to be called planer road yeah. because all the planer mills were there that's right the planer lumber the sawmills were in the boost the planer mill was there up to 1964 and i came in in 1965 there was a mill precisely on the footprint where i am and mm-hmm. uh, there was a planer mill that planer mill was owned by captain jerry wilmot unreal coincidence it always happens for a reason. The, and and I'm a. I always say, and I put it in, in presentations that I do. I say I'm a realist.
1: Yeah.
0: How could this happen? Yeah. Go halfway around the world, you know. Yeah. So I'm with you in terms of everything happens for a reason. I agree.
1: So. Could I? Uh, you know, I, this this position has brought me uh, closer to my faith and. Um, has made me believe that uh, there's a plan. There's always a plan.
0: You see, the other thing that I find with you is that uh, obviously I watch you, and uh, you know, we, we are friends. We have known each yeah. other, but uh, you know the uh, you put everything into the job. I do. Yeah, and and that makes a difference. You know that, uh, But I always say, uh, you know, the to me the foundation pieces are attitude. Avoid the negative passion, find something that you really love to yeah. do and become good at it, and then work ethic behind it, mm. and then But follows is success. Yeah. And I firmly believe that, uh, you, know, that uh, you know, find that passion and then have a, in spite of it all, right? So the, uh, and we go through tough times, you certainly did, and uh, you know, I, I, I very much appreciate you sharing that with me and, and us, uh you know that uh uh you know the, the the battles that you go through are tough and uh you know and things have been tough but uh there's always things that uh you know that that you pull yourself up again and 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 believe in the positive and obviously uh families are uh you know are the anchor around you and uh at the end of the day that's what it all comes down to yeah right?
1: it really does yeah, yeah. i appreciate that but a discussion. Amazing. Yeah. Thanks, Todd. Thank for you for having you. Thank and you for I everything. I appreciate you. Yeah. Thank and you, you too.
0: Yeah. Thanks. Thanks.